You're listening to Ari Snapshots, where each fortnight we chat about the science behind the weeds and decode some of the trickier concepts which crop up. Welcome to Ari Snapshots. This is our first podcast back for 2021 and we've got an exciting episode to start the year off with. A group of researchers led by Herping Han from Ari, including researchers from Bayer and Zhejiang University in China, have identified the P450 gene responsible for cross-resistance to herbicides of at least five modes of action. The gene is a bit of a mouthful. It's called CYP81A10V7 and Ari recently published a paper on this and last week Peter Newman wrote an RE insight on it and today we're chatting with one of the authors of the paper Professor Stephen Powell's to find out the history of this research and what it means. Stephen joins us now. How are you going Steve? Well very good Jessica in lockdown as many other people are and bushfires but aside from that I'm all well. Yes, we're getting a taste of the lockdown life in Perth at the moment and yeah, we've got some pretty apocalyptic-like conditions at the moment but hopefully things will get better. But we're going to take a break from that and chat about this exciting paper and discovery. Steve, this research goes back decades, about 35 years ago, a ryegrass population that had been sprayed several times with diclofop became resistant to that herbicide and cross-resistant to chlorsulfuron before Glean or any other ALS herbicide had ever been used in Australia. Steve, can you take us on a bit of a journey back and talk about how this discovery was made? Yes, Jessica, so it goes back to the around 83, 1983, 1984, some more senior listeners will remember those times. I had hair, all sorts of things <laughs> back then, and uh, we um, actually was the, the first paddock, the very first paddock of ryegrass in Australia uh, to have a resistance to a herbicide that was uh, at Border Town, which is on the South Australian-Victorian border, and that work was reported by John Heap and Ron Knight and then John Heap's brother, Ian Knight, and I arrived at the Wade Institute where those guys were working in 1983. And basically what had happened was that Palmer had sprayed about four times, four years with hograss, which used to be absolutely fabulously successful on ryegrass, and that was the first case of resistance um, to to hograss in Australia or anywhere in the world. And the farmer then sprayed with Glean, which was obviously a Group B ALS herbicide called Sulfuron. At that time, just introduced to Australia and the first ever of that ALS herbicide chemistry. So a completely different herbicide of a completely different mode of action, and it failed straight away well. Mm. We were pretty amazed. How could this be? Yeah. How could Glean fail? And uh, and that started a whole lot of uh, research that um, I started back then and has gone right through till now uh, when we've got the final definitive evidence. Yeah, and there were suspicions that P450 enzymes were responsible for this resistance, but only in this new research has it been confirmed. Can you tell us why this was suspected? Yeah, so what we do when we're trying to work out what's going on, we get what's called C14 radioactively labelled herbicide. Now, what that means is we can just trace what happens to the herbicide in the plant. So we, we feed leaves with radioactively labelled hograss or dicopot methyl and then we watch what happens to it and we could observe that it was metabolised, that is broken down by the plant 
faster in the resistant plants than in ordinary susceptible ryegrass. So we, by 1990, we had all that information. We knew that the herbicide was being degraded and then we gave them radioactive labelled herbicide glean and we saw that it could, the resistant ones could break it down. So, Jessica, we knew for a long time that there was enhanced metabolism. We suspected that it was these enzymes in plants called P450s, but we could never, ever pull those enzymes out of the plant and show that there was more of them or they had more activity. Just really hard enzymes to work with. So we, we knew from the, the radioactive label that there was faster metabolism. We suspected and we used inhibitors that indicated it was P450s, but we could never get the genes or the enzymes, Jessica, till recently. Yeah, it sounds very complicated and the gene that's responsible for this resistance, it wasn't easy to find. Steve, can you take us into a little bit more detail, but in layman's terms, uh, how the researchers went about finding it? Yeah, well, what we did, uh, it needed new, uh, uh, newer techniques which have only become available uh, in the last decade or so, particularly something called RNA-seq, which really is just a tech set of techniques which you, you look at the genes being expressed in the resistant and in the susceptible. You look for differences between the two, so that's what we did, and then you see that consistently in the R, it looks like a, so in the resistant, it looks like there's a gene which might be a P450. Then you do some much further work on that, and that's what we did. So we got indications from the RNA-seq, that there could be this particular P450, went on and studied it, isolated, sequenced the whole gene, and then the really neat bit is then take that gene and put it in a plant, in this case rice. So we take that gene, express it in another plant. So rice is normally susceptible to hograss and glean, that is those herbicides will kill them, but when we put that B450 specific people, 50 gene, we make it resistant to hograss and glean and, and the resistant rice looks everything like the resistant ryegrass. So that's the ultimate proof that that gene, that Cygram P450 uh, specific A81V1 gene is the gene that gives resistance to the hograss type herbicides, the glean type herbicides, and in fact, chemis- uh, a bunch of other herbicide chemistries. So really neat to get to the gene and, and find a specific, precise, exquisite detail of how it can do that. Yeah, that's very cool. And there is a huge ongoing international effort to understanding non-target site resistance, and this research was seminal in forming that understanding. Steve, can you just tell us in a bit of detail why this research is so important? Well, it's important from a fundamental understanding. Unless you understand something, you're never going to uh, uh, advance it much further. But from a very practical viewpoint, say for uh, farmers and uh, farm advisors, it is that realisation that a gene like this particular cytochrome P450 can give resistance to quite dissimilar herbicides. It can give resistance, Jessica, to a herbicide that has not yet been discovered. It can give resistance to a herbicide that hasn't yet been discovered if that gene can metabolise it and break it down and degrade it and detoxify it. 
So that's why it's really important because to farmers and to their advisors, it's not that herbicide is not just a solution that, that will always work. That's why we need both herbicide, new herbicides and smart herbicide use and the use of non-chemical tools as well because this P450G, which evolved in a farm in a paddock at Border Town in 1983-84, can give resistance to a herbicide that will be discovered in 2025. That's the practical and sobering reality. It's not the end of the world, but it's why we need diversity in the way we control our weeds. We don't just rely on one herbicide. We diversify our herbicides and use all the non-chemical ways to minimise our dependence on herbicides. And that way, Jessica, we've got a better chance of herbicides working in the long term. I love herbicides, but only when they work properly. Definitely. And I suppose this also puts a spotlight on resistance testing and the importance of resistance testing too, which has definitely had more of a profile in the last couple of years with the research that's been going on in that space. And so would you say that this is another, yet another reason for farmers to go out and herbicide resistance test at their place? Yeah, I, I'm a great supporter of herbicide resistance testing and been a bit surprised that uh, growers haven't uh, done a lot of herbicide risk testing. And I know it's because they think they know what works and what doesn't work. Um, but uh, there's always a lot of questions and, and herbicide resistance testing uh, can provide answers and, and help you with uh, coming up with a good weed control strategy which involves diverse herbicide use and some non-chemical tools. Definitely. Well, Steve, that was a great overview. Thank you so much for joining us on the first RE Snapshots back for 2021 and stay safe, Steve. Yeah, thank you, Jessica. As you can imagine, it's really satisfying to have the answer to this P450 gene, uh, having been worked on it for 35 years or more. Yeah, definitely. And we're so grateful for you to give your perspective. Thank you so much again. Anytime, Jessica.